Hey everyone, uh, my name is Alonzo. I want to welcome you to my first ever uh, YouTube, I don't know if you call this a podcast or just a video, I don't know what, what we're going to call this. Um, I just want to do this, talk some sports with everybody. I'll be doing this once or twice a week. Um, I will probably have more, to, a couple more dudes with me doing this, but today is just me. So Alonzo talking sports today, but it'll probably be something like dudes, drinks, and dudes, drinks, and sports at some point, something like that. So, yeah, a um, couple of just real quick things. I want to make sure that you know I, I'm not going to try to step in any really controversial issues. I'm going to try to show both sides of everything. If there is something controversial, um, I don't think there's a need for for anyone to get really upset with stuff that we're talking about here. We're just talking. So let's, let's, let's go forward with that. And with that being said, let's start up today. First thing I want to talk about today, um, Alden Smith. Alden Smith uh, was drafted by the 49ers back in 2011, 12-ish. It's been, it's been a few years. Uh, 2011 is what it looks like. Didn't start a single game that year and had 14 sacks. <laughs> I mean... Dude was amazing. His second year with the 49ers, uh, 2012, started all 16 games, had 19 and a half sacks. 2013, eight and a half sacks, and uh, in, in only uh, 11 games played. 2014, seven games played, two sacks. 2015 with the Raiders, nine games played, three and a half sacks. And then 2016, 17, suspended, didn't play 18 or 19. Came back, uh, started at all 16 games with the Cowboys last year, had five sacks. Um, for his career, he's had one, two, three, four, five, six seasons, of which three of them he, he's played the full season. The other three he's played, if you can average them out, 18, 27, what about three, nine games a year. So maybe half a year. So you're really talking about four and a half seasons that he's played. Um, he's had a total of 228 tackles, uh, 52 and a half sacks. This guy, this guy's good, really good. Okay, so why are we talking about him today? Well, he signed with the Seahawks because Dallas said so we're not going to resign you. Okay, no problem. Um, before we get to that part, he held, he holds the NFL record for the fastest player in league history to record his 30th sack. He did it in 27 games, and most sacks in a player's first two seasons, 33 and a half. And he holds the 49ers records for most sacks by a rookie in a single season with 14 and most sacks in a single season with 19 and a half. So his rookie campaign, 14, followed it up with 19 and a half sacks. Awesome. This this guy can ball, right? All right, good deal. Well, not so good deal. Um, there was a warrant issued for his arrest in Louisiana, a battery charge. Um, he allegedly choked the victim unconscious during a confrontation that began inside a coffee shop in Chalmette, Louisiana. And that was on Saturday evening. The warrant was signed a day later. Um, it rises to second degree battery because the victim was rendered unconscious. Uh, the victim was taken to the hospital but did not stay overnight. Um, the offender convicted of second degree battery faces a fine of up to $2,000 and or up to eight years in prison. Okay, so that sucks. We look at this like, oh, my man, you know, he's caught in trouble. Problem is that he's gotten in a lot of trouble during his career. Um, January 28th, 2012. I mean, he gets drafted 2011, so right after his first season. 
arrested for driving under the influence in Miami Beach, Florida. Okay, young kid, has money, drinks and drives. Not, not a good thing. It happens. Okay, I'm not poo-pooing it. Not poo-pooing it at all. I'm saying one incident, right? No. June 30th, 2012. Uh, believed to have suffered stab wounds when attempting to break up a fight at a party at a Santa Clara County residence. Later that year, in October, he was charged with three felony counts of illegal possession of an assault weapon relating to that incident. And the charges were later reduced to misdemeanors. So now you've got two issues in the span of a few months, okay, less than a year. Um, so, by the way, so that's June 30, 2012 is when it happened. October 9th of 2013 is when he was charged with three felony counts of illegal possession. That, it, it just, it's, I don't know, that's a long time. Uh, to wait to charge somebody, but either way. So prior to actually being charged in October of 2013, in September 2013, he was involved in a single vehicle accident in San Jose, and he was arrested on suspicion of driving under the influence and possession of marijuana. Um, then he voluntarily entered a rehab facility and to be put onto the non-football injury list with an indefinite leave of absence after the loss to the Colts in the third week of the 2013 season. Okay, so that may explain why in 2013, he only played 11 games. All right, um, 2014, detained and arrested following an incident at LA International Airport. Now, um, <laughs> he became belligerent and uncooperative with a TSA agent. The agents alleged that Smith claimed he was carrying a bomb. It, it, after interviews revealed that Smith did not clearly state he was carrying a bomb, the LA City attorney decided to drop the charges. Yeah, that's probably a good thing, right? But the NFL suspended him for nine games for the 2014 season. I, I Now, if that suspension stems from that incident, I'm not sure that I like that. But because um, he, for being belligerent, if, I mean, well, if I'm being accused of carrying a bomb and I don't have a bomb, I'm going to be a little upset. You know, so maybe he was justified in being upset just just a bit, um, or maybe he, maybe that nine game suspension stemmed from the incidents the year before. I don't know. I don't know. Fast forward, August two thousand fifteen, arrested in Santa Clara, California, for alleged hit and run after driving under the influence and vandalism charges. The Niners released him the following day. Okay, so he has no team all of a sudden. He goes to the Raiders that year. No big deal, right? As far as he's concerned, I got re-signed. Doesn't matter. Uh, seems to stay out of trouble for a little bit with the Raiders. Uh, 2015. Oh, and then he gets suspended. So he's suspended 2016, right? Um, while on suspension during 2017 as well. March seven, March 2017. He and a passenger. He was a passenger with a friend driving to his house at midnight. Uh, the San Francisco police found out both Smith and the driver were under the influence. They were both detained. They were both released. No arrests were made. Uh, September of 2017, still suspended from the league. He agreed to plead no contest to the 2015 hit and run, in exchange for the DUI charges being dropped. Sentenced to 20 days in jail. Ordered to attend treatment facility, undergo anagram management classes, 
and after being released, prohibited from entering any bars or other establishments where alcohol is a primary commodity being sold. March 2018, not back in the league yet. I don't believe he was still, oh, he might have still been indefinite suspended. Either way, um, someone called and said he had drank a lot of tequila and then bit her wrists. Turns out the person who called uh, was his fiance. Okay. Um, yeah. Arrested April 2018 for violating conditions of his bail. And then we go to this year. Arrest warrant for second-degree battery. This guy's talented. Very talented. Um, he's 31 years old now, though. Uh, I think he might be out of chances if this is, turns out to be true. Um, it's sad, but I, I've, if, if I were his circle... I'd probably be more concerned about him as a person than him as a football player. And uh, I'm not saying it's not happening. I don't know. I don't know if that's happening. But that would be my concern. My concern would be more, let's get you right. You know, um, the fact that he had to attend anger management classes prior tells me that somewhere, somewhere along the line, someone may have said he has anger issues. Or they may have just said, you need to go attend these because we think you have anger issues. I don't know. Either way, he needs help. Um, this is just, it's not coincidences. This is a pattern. This guy does this stuff. And he needs he needs help. He needs to get his life together. Um, you know, I, I don't like seeing people fail. Uh, I think he has a chance to turn his life around, but I think he needs to... I'm not going to say forget about football, but he needs to go ahead and concentrate on his life before football. And that's a hard thing to do. This is what people do for a living. They play football. And everything, every, their life revolves around football. So and to him, his life and football may be one and the same. Someone's got to put that wedge in between there, open it up and say, you need to fix this part before you can do this part correctly. Because he may be great on the football field, but if he doesn't fix his life, um, things aren't, they're not going to pan out for him in the long term. It just is what it is in the long run, better said. It just is what it is. Um, so, yeah. Uh, leave comments down below as to your thoughts on this. Um, I personally, I hope he gets he gets his life together. Um, he, he, I, I don't know how many more chances people are going to give him. Maybe because he's been given so many chances, he doesn't straighten out. I don't know. Maybe that's why he hasn't straightened out. I don't know. So, next thing I want to talk about right now, um, Deshaun Watson. Uh, it seems like a few months ago, it seemed like it was just yesterday, we were wondering if he was going to be the Texans quarterback next year. Um, he, wanted to be, he wanted to be traded. You know, DeAndre Hopkins gets out. J.J. Uh, Watt gets out, and he's thinking, I need to go. You know, the, the Texans organization, I don't think it can be said they've been they've been run very well in the past couple of years, and he's he's frustrated with it, you know. So we're wondering whether he's going he's gonna to end up playing for the Texans this upcoming year. Now the question, I think, becomes whether he's going to play at all this upcoming year, if ever. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, we're a forgiving society. Uh... But these are pretty serious charges against him. And in case you're not up to speed on this, he's being, there's been, and they're civil suits, okay? This isn't criminal charges on him. Um, 
but he's being accused uh, by, it was 23 lawsuits, one of them dropped it uh, for now, in light of privacy and security concerns is what was written on the uh, reason for dropping. Um, so there's 22 accusers accusing him of, um, you know, when he's gone to get massages from these massage therapists or masseuses or whatever you call them, uh, and that, by the way, I, not a slight on massage therapists. I didn't mean whatever you call them in a battle. I just, I don't know the name. I think it's massage therapists or masseuses. Either way, um, he's being accused by a lot of them of inappropriate conduct. Um, his attorney just filed a response to the 22 suits. And interestingly, the attorney's response says, Part of that says, quote, only 20, only, I'm sorry, only two of the 22 lawsuits allege that Mr. Watson forced any type of sexual activity. An allegation Mr. Watson, again, vehemently denies. If that is correct, what are the other 20 alleging? Um, inappropriate conduct. Is that, is that a, is that a lawsuit type of offense? If you're walking down the street and you, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what he, I, I think it's maybe exposing himself to, to them and such like that. Um, during the massages. If that's, if that's what he did, um, then yeah, I, I mean, you know, there's something there, you know, um, but if, I, if there's only two that are accusing him of forcing any type of sexual activity, uh, I think it's going to be uphill battle for the accusers to say that I'm sorry for him uh, Watson I didn't mean accusers for him to say that you know everything everything's been consensual I don't know I don't I don't know that all the facts of the case the only ones who know what really happened in those rooms are him and, and the and the women that are accusing him they're the only ones who know um, and subjectively they could see things differently uh, it just is what it is. It doesn't mean he's right. Doesn't mean they're right. Subjectively, they could see things differently. Not objectively, subjectively. This is why there's a jury who's going to look at this, or a judge, and, and if it goes to trial, and they're going to determine who's telling the truth. You know. Another thing of Watson's legal response stated that after eight of the plaintiffs massaged Watson, all bragged about, praised, and were excited about massaging him. Seven plaintiffs willingly worked or offered to work with him after their alleged incidents. Three lied about the number of sessions they actually had with him. Three lied about the alleged trauma and resulting harm. And five told others they wanted to get money out of Watson. Um, well, you know, if, <laughs> wow, if uh, Watson's attorneys have evidence of this, uh, those those accusers are going to have a hard time proving um whatever it is they're trying to prove, you know, inappropriate conduct or what have you. They're, they're, I'm, not, I'm not saying it wasn't inappropriate. I want everyone to understand. I'm not saying it wasn't appropriate. I don't know what it was. But go before a jury and show them evidence of what I just read you. Of what I just read you. They bragged about it. They willingly worked or if they offered to work with him again after the alleged incidents, they lied about the number of sessions. They lied about the trauma. They told others they want to get money out of him. If if these if there's evidence as to all that, as a, as a jury, it's going to be hard for them to say, oh well, you know something inappropriate. They wanted they wanted to keep working with him. 
I, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I could, could be wrong. Um, so the accused attorney, all the accusers have the same attorney, Tony Busby, said in a statement that Watson's only defense is to call these brave women liars. I, I really don't know what else Watson could have done. I, what other defense does he have? I mean, if he doesn't call them liars, he's admitting to wrongdoing. Okay. So, Busby's statement says, Watson can't deny he sought out an unusually high number of women for massage on Instagram. Um, you know, I, I never knew that seeking out people for massages on Instagram was a crime. And so, I really hope Tony Busby is not going to rely on that to say he's guilty of anything because he can seek out women for massages if he wants. He doesn't deny he insisted on being nude or nearly nude. Again, he can insist on that all he wants. The women can say yes or no. He can't deny that massage sessions occurred. I don't think he's denying that. He can't deny he wanted more than a massage. You know, if, and if he's not denying that part, then what he's saying is, is if, the, if it was more massage, it was consensual. So that's going to be something for a jury to determine. Okay. And he has incredibly denied that something bad happened during the session. He instead claims that any sexual acts were consensual. Well, when you claim that any sexual acts are consensual, you are denying that something bad happened because the bad would have been non-consensual stuff. Um, so Busby says at the end, I have faith that the court process will sort out the, the truth as these matters progress. And that's all we can really wait for, you know, that the court process is going to sort it all out. Um, if the if the women are telling the truth, uh or if better said, if they can prove to tell the truth, you know, with 50% plus, plus one, this is preponderance of the evidence. This isn't beyond a reasonable doubt. Again, this is not a criminal court. These aren't criminal hearings. He's not being charged, you know, criminally. This is civil. They're, they're, they're uh, suing him for damages, um, typically money. Um, but if they can prove this, uh, they have evidence as to what happened subjectively to them in their, you know, what they say happened. So you have evidence as to that. Um, one is going to pay a lot of money because um, it's 22 of them. And how many more are going to come out and how many more massage therapists or masseuses are going to come out and say, hey, I was also a client of his, you know, or better say he was a client of mine, however it works. And so, yeah, I... I He's going to pay a lot of money, and there may be more that come out later. Um, secondly, boy, the NFL already said that the allegations against the quarterback are deeply disturbing, and they have launched an investigation. So if this turns out to be true, how long is he going to be suspended for? This, these are some pretty pretty serious allegations. Um, you know, any kind of uh, sexual assault, harassment, stuff like that, that's pretty serious. And so... And again, the NFL can find different than the civil courts. If the civil courts can still say he's no, nothing happened, the NFL can say, you know what, uh, we disagree because uh, it's the NFL. Uh, they're they're not bound by by the 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 court system by any court system. They they are, they are their own um, judge, jury, and executioner. Okay, so they can find whatever they want. Um, so yeah, so he'd be in a world of hurt with the NFL, and you know. In this day and age, I, I would I would find it hard to believe that, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just I don't know. 
but I would find it hard to believe that someone else, like even the Texans or anyone else, would take a chance on Deshaun Watson again, if if these are found to be you know credible allegations. Um, and even if they're not, just having those allegations against you, that is that that's that's pretty that's pretty intense right there. You know, it, you you those allegations are hard to overcome at any stage. You know what I mean? They're hard to overcome. And I think you live with them the rest of your life. I think you live with them. They've been made public. You know, I, I think the rest of life people always look at you and wonder, did this happen? You know? Um I go back to, you know, I think back to O.J. Simpson and say what you will about his trial. He was found not guilty, right? But you think it hasn't followed him the rest of his life? Of course it has. People still wonder, did he did he kill Nicole? Did he kill Ronald Woolman? Okay. I think that's the same thing that was may happen here. I think this is going to follow him no matter what. People are just going to keep an eye on him and wonder, you know. He's going to have a lot of uh, rehabbing of his image to do. No, what, it doesn't matter what happens in this case. He's going to have to rehab his image a lot to be able to uh, make himself into the person he was. He was. This was not in his character at all. That's why when it initially came out, a lot of people were like, there's no way this happened. You know, there's just no way this happened. This is not Deshaun Watson. We don't know. We don't know what people do behind closed doors. You know, so... Um, I'm not saying he did it. I don't know if he did it. You know, uh, you know. I really hope he didn't. You know, I mean, who hopes something like this happened, right? Um, but you know, this is going to be hard for him to overcome. Okay, so we'll keep a we'll we'll keep a an update on that as as things progress. I'll keep updating you guys on that as things progress. A uh, couple more things I want to chat about today. There's two more on the on my list here today. Um, the Steelers extended Mike Tomlin three years through 2024. I think this is a good move. I, you know, now let me let me be blunt. I'm I'm not I'm not a Steelers fan, so I'm not like cheering for this because yay Steelers. I think this is a really good move on the Steelers' part. Mike Tomlin. Uh, we think about the Steelers. They went from Chuck Knoll to Bill Cowher to Mike Tomlin. So from 1960, <sighs> it was 1969. Yeah, from 1969 through now, they've had three coaches. They've had three coaches. You know, I mean, they've had three coaches from 1969 through now. That would be Mike, uh, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, and Mike Tomlin. They have consistently, you know, maintained a semblance of Uh, they've maintained being relative in the NFL. Yeah, there's years, and I, I'm thinking back in the late 80s, early 90s, when they weren't very good. Um, they weren't bad, but they were not very good. The Barry Foster years at at, at, um, at running back. Um, I believe Bubby Brister was their quarterback back in those days. They weren't very But they weren't horrible. You you knew they were just just a click of, you know, snap your finger away from turning it around. So that's how you maintain consistency. Okay. That's how you maintain consistency. Um, he actually is the highest winning percentage of all the Steelers coaches, including his, um, including the, the playoffs. He has a 640 winning percentage. 
says a lot. Both uh, Chuck Knoll and Bill Cower are Hall of Fame coaches. Tomlin's on his way. He's a uh, regular Caesars, 145, 78, and one in 14 years with the Steelers. So that's ten and a half and five and a half. I mean, damn, you know that's that's pretty impressive. They've won a Super Bowl, lost another. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it is, this is just a really good signing. I just want to talk about something positive here today, you know, because we just had two negative stories. This is a really, a really good signing. Mike Tomlin will keep some, will will keep things consistent. Ben Roethlisberger is going to retire in the next year or two. You know, he, you you see it. He's he's on his way out. His skills are deteriorating. He's still he's still a good quarterback. Still, you know, still a good quarterback. I mean, I'm still think some teams would look to him and be like, well, we'll pick him up for a year. You know. Um, but you could see it. He's 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 finishing by keeping Mike Tomlin on. Uh, Tomlin on. You continue. You know, you, you, the foundation stays the same. You don't go. Tomlin's gone. Roethlisberger's gone. We're starting all over. New coach, new quarterback. If Roethlisberger were to retire after this upcoming season, you still have Tomlin. Tomlin leads him into the next quarterback, and then they just keep going. You know, you you just build on top of that. That's what the Steelers do, and they do it well. And Mike Tomlin is a huge part of that. And I think this is a great this is this is a great thing. Um, you know they they last year um, they were eleven and zero at one point, ended up twelve and five, including the playoffs. Um, they they you know they they kind of stumbled at the end. It happens. Um, you know, so yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, the the team just kind of. Got, I think the thing. I think the team got tired. You know, in. Roethlisberger played well the first half of the season and did not play so – not that he was terrible, but, again, did not play so well the second half of the season. They just – they kept pushing. And um, Mike Tomlin, you know, deserves a lot of the credit for that. You know, um, in 2019, the Steelers went 8-8. Eight and eight. They lost Roethlisberger halfway through uh, their second game of the season. And they went 8-8. Eight and eight. So when he says next man up, he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Next man up. They they work hard, and he has everyone prepared to play. Great signing. I think the Steelers should be happy. Steelers fans should be happy. And three, <clears throat> three years from now, I think he'll, he'll get to make the decision whether he wants to continue or wants to retire. Um, keep in mind, he's pretty young. He is 40, I want to say 49. He's 49. Yeah. Um, he's began his career with 14 consecutive non-losing seasons. Um, so he's going to his 15th year this year. So after 15, 16, 17, 21, 2, 3, he's through 24. After 18 years, I think he'll, he'll be able to say, I want to keep going or I'm, I'm done. And he'll be able, I apologize for that. And he'll be able to say, you know, I want to coach this, this new team or I, I don't. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just keep going. I want to, and my new team. I mean, this new quarterback because by then Roethlisberger will be gone. He'll have set up a foundation, and maybe there'll be an assistant coach under him who can just rise right up and go into the position. So, so yeah, so good for him. Good for the Steelers. I think that's that's a great great job of of, of keeping him around. Last thing I want to talk about today is Alex Smith retiring. Alex Smith, man, I like this guy. Um, uh. Really sad that he's retiring. You know, came back from a horrendous leg injury. Almost, almost had to amputate his leg um, to post a five and one record this past year. 
Remember the Redskins went seven and nine. He went five and one. So without him, they were two and eight. They weren't very good without him. Um, so NFL comeback player of the year. You know, it looked like he might sign somewhere else. Uh, there was rumblings about him talking with um, uh, Urban Meyer, and they did talk and uh, about maybe joining the Jags. And I, I don't think Smith would have started there. I don't think you can draft Trevor Lawrence and have him sit. I think you piss off a lot of people, pardon my French there. Um, but I think as a backup, uh, as a very reliable backup, and maybe getting him ready to coach, maybe getting ready to coach. At the end of the day, they didn't work it out. They said, no, it's not going to happen. Smith wants to retire, wants to go spend time with his family, his wife, and I think three kids, two or three kids. Um, he was on a ski trip recently with his dad and uh, and his and his son. Um, so, you know, and he said, hey, I, I, had, I had a good time. I, I want to keep doing this, you know. Here it is. Um, Smith told ESPN's Outside the Lines that he recently went snowboarding with his dad and children. He hadn't been snowboarding as he was in college, and the moment stood out to him and helped solidify his decision to retire. So, yeah, he realized it's, it's time. It's time. Um, I'm sad about it. I, I, I think I think he's one of the big what-might-have-beens. And I don't say that particularly in a negative fashion because he was he was really good. How good was he? Let's talk about how good he was. Okay. Um, Alex Smith started 167 games, went 99, 67, and 1. Passed for 35,650 yards, 199 touchdowns, and 109 interceptions. Since 2013, he's only thrown 46 picks, the second fewest by a quarterback with at least 70 starts, trailing only who? Aaron Rodgers. I mean, wow. This dude was good. This dude was really good. Um, his completion percentage, 62.6%. Uh, that, that's really high. So again, 99-67-1, completion percentage. 35,650 yards, 199 touchdowns, 109 interceptions. Let's compare that to some other guys we have here. Um, I'm going to compare him to a couple of Hall of Famers. He's not them. I'm not saying he's them at all. I'm just I'm going to compare his stats to theirs. Let's look at Steve Young. 94-49-0. Yeah, so five more wins for Smith, but a lot more starts because he also has 18 more losses. Okay. 64.3% um, completion, a little higher than Alex Smith. 33,124 yards, 2,000 yards less than Smith, 2,500 yards less than Smith. Um, 232 touchdowns, 107 picks. And again, you got 199, 100, and 109. So more touchdowns. But, I mean, Smith compares pretty favorably. Not better, not better. Not saying that at all. Pretty favorably, though. You know, that's, Steve Young was something else. You know, and then he played on, on those... And those great Niner teams of the mid-90s, you know, early to mid-90s. So, it helped a lot. Um, let's put it with someone else. Uh, Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman, 94-71-0. Smith, 99-67-1. So, Smith, five more wins, four less losses. It says a lot. You know, so, Troy Aikman had 165 starts. Um, so even had he gotten to the 167 starts that Smith had, if Trakeman had won both of those, 
extra starts. He'd be 96 wins. He'd still be behind Alex Smith at 99. Troy Aikman, completion percentage, 61.5. Alex Smith, 62.6. Troy Aikman, 32,942 yards. Alex Smith, 35,650. Um, Troy Aikman, 7 yards per attempt. Smith, 6.9. And keep in mind, Aikman had Michael Irvin to throw downfield to. And then a couple of other complimentary receivers as we go along. Think about Alvin Harper, for example. Um, and Deion Sanders for a little bit there, right? Oh, let's see here. Troy Aikman, 165 touchdowns. Alex Smith, 199. Surprising, right? Troy Aikman, 141 interceptions. Alex Smith, 109. Um, what separates those two is postseason success. That's really what it is. I mean, Aikman won three Super Bowls. Got to a, got to four NFC championships, won three of those. Um, you know, I mean, that just that says a lot, you know. Well, what are you going to do, right? Uh, Aikman was surrounded by better supporting cast throughout his career. Uh, Alex Smith, I believe his best supporting cast were in Kansas City, so towards the end of his career. When he was in San Francisco, uh, I believe he had six or seven offensive coordinators in eight seasons there. Um, lack of continuity. There's just no continuity there. You, you can't win. You cannot win like that. And Alex Smith, yeah, I think his best weapons in San Francisco uh, were—he, I don't think he had T.O. He might have had T.O. one season, but he had Vernon Davis, if I'm not mistaken, and he had Frank Gore for a little bit. And no one's going to mistake in those two guys for Michael Irvin and um, Emmett Smith. You know. Offensive line, the Dallas 90s offensive line is like historic, legendary, one of the best ever. Um, Smith ran for his life in San Francisco. So Smith did not have supporting cast in San Francisco to help him. By the time he had a supporting cast, he was already on the the edge of his prime, about to flip over, and he ends up in Kansas City, and then Kansas City dumps him for Mahomes, rightfully so. I, I you can't argue that. You know, Mahomes is awesome. Um, but, you know... Not not because Alex Smith was bad. He was good. He was a good ball player. Um, so, yeah, so he compares very favorably to Troy Aikman, if you don't count postseason. Okay. So let's compare him to Donovan McNabb. McNabb, 98-62-1. Smith, 99-67-1. So McNabb, uh, five less losses, one less win. Uh, compares very favorably. McNabb probably would have won more games had he played as many games as, as Smith. McNabb. 59% completion rate, which is not good. Um, I mean, not good for NFL. I couldn't complete 4% of passes, I'm sure, if I went out to throw. I, I probably couldn't complete a pass. Uh, Alex Smith, 62.6%. Okay. McNabb, 37,276 yards. Smith, 35,650. McNabb, 6.9 yards per attempt, same as Smith. McNabb, 234 touchdowns, Smith, 199. McNabb, 117 picks, Smith, 109. McNabb, coincidentally, played for Andy Reid most of his career um, in Philly. Had really good seasons. McNabb, was a, he was a headache. If you're, if you're an NFC East fan of any other team besides the Eagles, if you're a Cowboys, Giants, or Redskins fan, McNabb just... Gave, he gave you nightmares even if you were not coaching. You know, if you're just a fan, you get nightmares of Don Rippin' Um He played on some really, really good teams. Um, had T.O. for that one Super Bowl year run where it was all Super Bowl with the Patriots. But 
Um, so he did have more postseason success. I think the Eagles made four straight NFC Championship games, won that one, and then went to the Super Bowl and lost. Whereas Alex Smith did not have, you know, relative a relative didn't have success in the postseason. So relative to to Donovan McNabb. Um, so McNabb's stats, I think, are more favorable. You know, um, but the thing is, once he left, once he left Philadelphia. It, you know, he gets to, uh, I believe it was Minnesota and then Washington or maybe vice versa. Um, he was on his on the way down, whereas Alex Smith still had some productive years left when he left San Francisco. So McNabb, you know, I think he peaked at a, at a he peaked earlier, if I'm not mistaken. He was drafted in 99, 2011. Yeah, he only played, what, 12, 11 years, 12 years, 13 years in the league. So it was... Not not a long time in the league. He did not play a long time in the league. Um, whereas Smith Smith would have been entering, I think, his 17th season, if I'm not mistaken, had he decided to stick around this year. Maybe 16, 17, I, I don't remember. Um, but anyway, McNabb, probably, probably the better of the two. So last one I want to compare, and then I'll let you guys go today. Uh, thanks for hanging around this long, by the way. Is uh, Alex Smith with Tony Romo? Tony Romo is going to be on the on the ballot for the Hall of Fame this year. I, I don't think he makes it. Uh, um, uh, you know, I like Tony Romo. Huge fan. Loved watching him play. Exciting to watch him play. They just had no postseason success under him. And uh, whether we like it or not, I, that weighs on a lot of voters. Like you, you, you were fun to watch. And as much as he, you know, people say he lost games for Dallas, he also kept them in a lot of games they shouldn't have been in, you know. So, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, yeah, he was, he was really good. But let's compare him to Alex Smith. All right, let's do that. Tony Romo, record 78-49-0. and Alex Smith, 99-67-1. So, you, what you'd have to assume, and see Alex Smith, that would be 167 starts. Romo would be 127. You'd have to assume that over the if there was a 40 more games, that Romo would have gone 21-18-1. And I think he would have. He, he won. He was a winner. He, 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 well, he was a regular season winner. Let's put it that way. I think he would have. 21-18-1, I mean, that's, that's a 525 winning percentage. You know, I mean, his winning percentage was 600, roughly. You know, uh, yeah, a little, little, little more than 600, 60%. He, he would just need to win, you know, 52.5% of an additional, additional 40 games had he started as many games as Alex Smith. Completed percentage, 65.3 for Romo, 62.6 for Smith. Yards, 35.650 for Smith, 34.183 for Romo. Remember, Romo played a lot less games, too, and he was only 1,000 yards off from him. But Romo, they relied on Romo, though, whereas Smith had, you know, he handed the ball off a lot. That's what San Francisco wanted him to do. It didn't, didn't work, but that's what they wanted him to do. Uh, yards per attempt, Romo, 7.9. That's that's really high. Uh, Smith, 6.9. Um Romo was right behind uh, Steve Young. He had an 8.0, which is nuts, right? Uh, touchdown, Smith 199, Romo 248. Wow. Smith interceptions 109, Romo 117. 
So these are the two guys that I think you need to pay attention to. You need to watch Romo and see how he does in the Hall of Fame voting, how his Hall of Fame balloting. Um, if he gets in, I, I don't see a reason why you don't put Alex Smith in. I, I just I cannot fathom a reason why Alex Smith would not get into the Hall of Fame if Tony Romo gets into the Hall of Fame. I, how, how can you keep him out? You know, I mean, they're, th these are the two guys who statistically did really well. Um, well, you know, I, they did. They did pretty well statistically. Um, didn't have postseason success. You know, I think Romo might have won one postseason game, if I'm not mistaken. He may not have won any. I, I don't remember. Um, yeah, they did. He did. He was 2-4 and four in the postseason. There's Alex Smith. Postseason ended up. Uh, where are you at? Advanced passing, rushing, playoffs passing. Two and five. So, they, 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 these are the same person, you know, just Alex Smith played 40 more games. So, if Romo gets into the Hall of Fame, I would say that the case for Alex Smith being a Hall of Famer just goes way up. Roman was a four-time Pro Bowler, Alex Smith, three-time Pro Bowler. They're almost the same guy, just 40 less games for Romo. Had he played those 40 games, his stats, uh, his yards, wow. I mean, that's two and a half seasons. So you're probably looking at another 10,000 yards passing if you're looking at about 4,000 a season, which is, you know, I mean, I think Romo did that. Did he do that? I think he did that. Yeah, he did that in 07, did that in 2009. 2011, 2012, 4,900 yards passing. I mean, his last full season, 2014, uh, 3,700 yards passing. So I think it's feasible to say he would probably would have hit 4,000 yards passing per season. So for 40 more games, he probably would have gotten another 10,000 yards. So he'd, he'd be almost 10,000 yards ahead of Alex Smith. His touchdowns, um, if you look at his... Touchdowns, 248 for his career, and it's only in years when he got injured that he really didn't get. Every year that he was healthy, that he played 13 games or more, 26 touchdown passes at least. So it's fair to say he, if you another two and a half years, 26 times two and a half, 65 plus 248, 313 touchdowns. The interceptions would have gone up as well, clearly. Um, because he was, he was fun to watch. He got intercepted a lot, too. Uh, 117 interceptions over, you know, how many years did this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, nine and a half, about nine full seasons. Um, so you can put about 13 years, so you imagine another 30 interceptions from him. That, that's a lot of picks. Um, but still, he, that, he'd be a first, I, th I think he'd be a first ballot at that point. But as it stands, you got to watch him, see where he's at, um, see whether he gets in. And he, he, I don't think he'll get in the first ballot. I'm not sure if he'll get in at all. But if he gets in, I think the case for Alex Smith just skyrockets at that point. So, so yeah, that's what I have for you guys today. Um, just want to chat a little bit, you know, have a good time, talk about sports, talk about whatever else. No, not whatever else, just talk about sports. Uh, leave me any comments you have at the bottom. Um, Let's be civil, guys. I, I, you know, with so much negativity in this world, I, I don't want to see people arguing with each other. I don't want people arguing with me. Just leave comments. If you disagree, you can disagree. That's fine. Don't be a jerk about it. Hey, you're stupid. 
no, I'm not. I have an opinion. That's all it is. You can have your opinion too. That's it. You know, I, I mean, they're just opinions. Everyone has an opinion. Opinions are like what, right? Everybody has them. So, so let's let's be civil, guys. We can disagree and and not be jerks about it. Okay. Um, if you overstep your bounds, I will delete your comment and I will find a way to make sure that you can't post on my stuff. So, so yeah. All right. All right. Thanks everybody for uh, watching. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you tuning in for this first episode. First of hopefully many. Uh, we will catch up to you. Hopefully, if not later this week, we'll do it again next week. Okay. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye.